This is a HeadGum Podcast. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You know what I mean by that? Is it recording? Yeah, it's recording. <laughs> right. Hello and welcome to the Complete Guide to Everything, a podcast about everything. I'm one of your hosts, Tom. And I'm Tim. Tim, how are you doing this week? Tom, uh, I'm I'm doing well. We're recording in the same room again. Yeah. And one of the perks mm-hmm. of doing this in person, I got to watch your dog puke on the floor. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, two feet away from me. Yeah. And you wouldn't have got to do that over Zoom. Well, I would have had to pick up the iPad and walked over to show you. Yeah, and which by... you you frequently tried to get your dog to puke on command so you could show yeah. me. I thought you'd be impressed. Were you not impressed when I got her to, when I said, Ginger, puke, and she immediately... Oh, Tom, I was very impressed. Right, well. I also like how she was just shaking out of nervousness <laughs> the, uh, the entire time since Well, she I wanted to get it right. Yeah. No, she puked because she ate all of her dinner too quick, and then she got too excited that, uh, that Tim was back. She thought maybe last week was a one-time thing. Yeah, guess what? This is forever. Well, hopefully not. Hopefully we'll be mean, back hopefully in the. Not. Hopefully we'll be back in the studio. I mean, it's nice to have me in your home, though, right? No, not necessarily. It's fine. Yeah, two buds, a guy coming in and drinking your beer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Talking to my girlfriend. Eh, the, talking to her in, would, in an overly familiar way. Well, I told her not to talk to you, Tim. So if if you guys were talking, then that's on you. 100%. She responded positively to my lewd jokes. <laughs> well, that's another thing I've meant to talk to you about. I don't appreciate you coming into my home, house slash home. Yeah, and just home. Just saying, you know, a bunch of lewd jokes. You started the one before in the hallway. My neighbors heard it. Yeah, I mean that's how that's how you, that's how you make an entrance, Tom. Yeah. Have you never gone to... Well, uh, I wasn't as impressed with the rhyme that you said you made because I didn't hear the precluding line of the limerick. Because I was in the hallway? Yeah. This is why you gotta be... Re- you knew I was coming. Mm-hmm. You just gotta be quiet. Yeah. I buzzed in. You buzzed me in, right? Yeah. Now it's like, now we be quiet. Right. Because Tim's gonna start a great joke, a great yeah. limerick in the hallway. Mm-hmm. He's gonna burst open the door. So am I ever going to find out where the man who whose dick was so long he could suck it came no, we from? We got to bleep that tub. <laughs> what, Tim? It's too early in the episode. There's that's true. The, the advertisers way, are listening. The way I th- I guess that makes more sense. The way I always think about it is it's, <laughs> people are starting this at like nine bef- while their kids are maybe still up. Yeah, and uh, then their kids get bored of it and, and they mm. drift off to sleep, and then we can go blue. Right after after the watershed is uh, what they call it. Yeah, the, I've the never watershed heard that. hour. 
That's what they have in the UK. After the watershed, they can like say and do and show anything. Hmm. Well, anything? I, well, like within reason. A human sacrifice time? <laughs> I don't think they can show live human sacrifices, but I don't know, I mean, I'm sure somebody's going to respond to us now and be like, one time they did do that. Do you think, I mean, on American TV at 10 p.m. on Friday night one time, they showed an exorcism. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about, uh, uh, I thought you were going to say one time they showed David, uh, Dennis Franz's butt. I mean, they, they did on that. On NYPD Blue. Why was that a thing? Why Nobody wanted to see Dennis Franz's butt. It was because occasionally they wanted to show boobs. But, but they, they didn't do that on network TV. No, they did on... Were uh, they trying to move the Overton window uh, <laughs> so like boobs would eventually be acceptable by leading the way with Dennis Franz's butt? Because that seems like a very harebrained scheme. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, think, I mean, that was all just like a marketing thing for NYPD Blue that it was... But why not show a, a, a man's tight butt? I think they did. I think occasionally they showed, you know. Then why did we hear about Dennis Franz? Because you're not going to talk, because you expect to see a nice butt on TV if you're going to see a butt. You don't see butts like Dennis Franz's uh, on, on television very often. Yeah, there's a reason for that, Tom. I know, and there's a reason why NYPD Blue isn't on the air anymore. Do you think, did they, uh, did they promote it like, the sick and twisted <laughs> episode of NYPD Blue. It's grotesque, but you can't look away. Dennis Franz's butt. Like that, they would just run it again. Like uh, uh, I was reading recently about there's some dumb story about a uh, NFT. Remember those? They're still a thing. Yeah, are those fungible? They're non fungible. Okay, right. that hasn't changed. About I always them. get that confused. They, uh, there was an NFT starting at a million dollars for an NFT, which remi- remember that's not an actual physical good of a frame f- of uh, the alien autopsy that aired on Fox hmm. that w- has been proven as a hoax that, that the, the hoaxer has said was a hoax right um they were trying to sell a single frame from that for one million dollars but what that reminded me of because i was looking up about uh uh that alien autopsy on fox that had uh they replayed that like three times in that in the week just because it it was getting such good ratings Tom, it was water cooler fodder it, I mean, it was. Uh, there wasn't stuff like that on TV. There yeah. still isn't. I I want more stunt television. <sighs> yeah, and that's the way you get these cord cutters back. Yeah. Well, and especially all these stunt. The the other thing that all get the a guy st- to reveal all of the magician's secrets. <laughs> well, I was gonna say the the other thing because that is what that made me think of. Uh, the the uh, uh, what was it called? Magicians unmasked. The masked, masked magician. magician. Yeah. Secrets revealed. Yeah. Um, the smart thing with all these awful uh, Fox TV shows, they weren't awful, actually. These are some of my favorite TV shows of all time. 
They did... what was that game show hosted by Mark L. Wahlberg where it was just like Joe we're... Millionaire? No, we're gonna hook up men and <laughs> do a do a lie detector and ask them if they've cheated on oh, their wives. Yeah. And for some reason, men who have cheated <laughs> on their wives will agree to be on this program. Yeah, where they're given a lie detector in like the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire studio, <laughs> yeah. just surrounded by an audience. That was a weird aesthetic that was like pervasive on network tv for a while it's like everything's gonna look like who wants to be a millionaire yeah i think it was just they realized oh we can f- we don't have to have that many people in if we seat them stadium style it will it will still just seem like there's a lot of people yeah but the lights and the circular hey and the... well it was fun wasn't it it was i got sick of it pretty quickly yeah i think it was one of those things probably where they had just recently developed the technology to have like, you know, TV lights that were easily movable with yeah. the cameras and, you know, like anything new, they'd overdid it. Yeah. So uh, anyway, you were saying the thing about those bad in Oh, quotes. that they were smart in that they didn't hype them too far in advance. Oh, yeah, Tom, I think they were, like, being produced. Like, <laughs> they didn't have footage to, to, to cut a promo around until, yeah. like, 72 hours before it was but set that to was air. But that's what was great. Like, you were a kid, and all of a sudden, you know, you're watching The Simpsons or whatever, and they have a commercial, and the commercial tells you for the first time, tune in Wednesday, and a magician's going to be giving away all the secrets, or... <laughs> We're going to show an old video, an old film of an alien being autopsied in Area 51. It's like, what? That's what I always want to see on TV. And you're telling me I can see it this week? I don't even really have to wait? Yeah, you're watching Martin and they're like, tomorrow night, (laughs) we electrocute Bigfoot. (laughs) There was some electrocution show, I feel like, too. Yeah. But like I mentioned, you know, there was a Joe Millionaire where they tricked women into thinking a man was a millionaire to get them to want to marry him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's still like a very handsome guy. He's a hunk. Yeah. Th- th- I'd marry Joe Millionaire, Tom. There weren't, those weren't as interesting as the, the alien autopsy and everything else. The crazy thing with the alien autopsy is the guy who sold the video. He sold it in Cannes, the film festival. Really? Apparently, he like went to Cannes and, you know, just hey, like... talk about uh, Cannes, right? Yeah. He went there... C-O-N. I, I, yeah, okay. I get what you meant. Um, he went there just to pitch to producers... And you know, I guess some producers from Fox were there for God knows what, what reason. <laughs> hey, we got a garbage kind of network. <laughs> yeah, it's on a few nights a week on some. Uh, it's affiliates. not on all day. Yeah, let's go to the fancy uh, film festival with a bunch of uh, foreign independent uh, boundary pushing films, and probably they, you know, after like one day out looking at all these movies. They were just at the hotel bar like, oh, this sucks. Why we come here? I hate it here. Let's just get hammered. Our flagship show is uh, a sitcom where a sad man says horrible things to the wife he hates. Yeah. And, uh, you know, at some point. We're never going to find anything here. In walks. Some guy approached them and was like, boys, do I have a film for you? They're like, is it feature length? Because we can't put that on television. Nope, it's only nine minutes long. Well, that's too short. Did they get duped? Did the Fox execs get duped? Um, 
I imagine that they didn't care one way or another. Yeah. That they that they watched the footage and they were like, oh, whether this is real or not, a lot of people will believe it's real. So let's present it that way. And like, let's not go through it. They, they had like Kodak, um, you know, verify it. But it was like they sent like a single black frame to Kodak and they were like, is this old film? And they're like, yeah, it's old film. Kodak wanting to participate they in that didn't in any tell way. Them. They probably just said like, hey, can you verify this for us? And they don't ask. Did Fox have a legal department in the late 80s, <laughs> early 90s? I'm sure they did. Mm. Uh, they, they, but the man who sold, who, who later admitted that it was fake told them or not them told, you know, the press or whatever, um, that it was fake. However, it was based on a film he saw that he was then recreating. Mm. It's like, well, look, pal, nobody's nobody's going to buy that now. Nobody's going to if maybe you told us that originally. Sure. Well, even then, no. Like and you went to all this trouble. He claimed that the alien body was uh, his son, not his actual. You know, they cut his son up, but that he, uh, you know, made a mold of his son. And his son had a big head and big eyes then, if you ask me. Yeah, this, this, this guy had a freak kid and he wanted to cash in and he found the best way. Yeah. yeah. I I I made it through 5 minutes of an alien autopsy and I was bored. Yeah. Cuz there was too much pomp and circumstance around it. Well, they had to extend. I don't even think it was 9 minutes long. I think it was, you know, like a couple of minutes long. Yeah. They had to figure out a way. Somebody they had got to introduce Jonathan Franks out there. He was uh uh, an alien autopsy. Yeah, there was like a trench coat and like a fog machine yeah. involved. Love that. Whenever, <laughs> uh, when when you were a kid and a show came on and a man had a trench coat on and there was a fog machine, you knew you were in for a good time. That that was going to be a very entertaining show, and you were going to learn some things that maybe they didn't want you to know. Tom, this week we're gonna start rocking a little bit. Ooh, this is the the, the second time in a few weeks. What that we're we've gonna been rock, rocking? What the, was the other time? The rock and roll HOF. Oh man. right, the Hall of Fame. Man, we're really turning into a real uh, boomer cast, boomer general interest <laughs> cast here. <laughs> well, if if uh, they didn't stick around after that uh, alien autopsy talk, then I don't I don't know what's gonna keep them. Uh, Tom, this week, Mm -hmm. we are, of course, celebrating Paul McCartney because it's only three short weeks until his 79th birthday. Well, I was going to say it's because this guy, Matt Phillips, suggested it on our our Patreon. Will you still need me? Will you still feed me? When I'm 79. Remember when Paul McCartney turned 64 and all the headlines were like... Uh, Maka Maka <laughs> turned sixty four. Will we still need him? Will we still feed him? I don't remember that actually. Dan. Yeah, <laughs> I think that was one like promo I saw um for Pat O'Brien era extra or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say like what uh what newspapers are you reading? <laughs> that all the newspapers. What newspapers that. are you reading? You were talking about the alien autopsy and you're like, what this guy said to the press. 
Uh, well, actually, I was doing quite a bit of research. I was considering... Uh, Shouldn't have brought up the alien autopsy again. Well, I was considering us doing the topic this week about um, uh, Weekly World News. Yeah. But I was looking into Weekly World News. It's not that interesting. Tom, can I tell you the funniest Weekly World News? Somebody posted... Who was it? I think it was Jeff. Okay posted a picture of a, sorry you can keep talking oh, about I, the weekly I, world I news i think i vaguely remember something about this tom it was the best piece of comedy i've ever seen in my life yeah um hold on hold on there is some very uh funny stuff from what i was reading they have an advice column from a man named ed anger um <laughs> they frequently quote a scientist would as like a proper name like alvin scientist mm. or whatever um, so there is some funny stuff, but I don't know. It wasn't nearly as interesting as I had hoped it would be. Was What was the premise? Were they trying to trick people? So actually, the interesting thing about it is it came about when the National Enquirer moved to a uh, full-color printing press. Okay. And they were like... Well, what are we going to do with this old printing press? It's only black and white, but this thing cost us, you know, probably a million dollars or something or the equivalent. What are we going to do? Just throw this out? And they were like, no, we'll print something else on there. What can we print? And it doesn't matter if it looks shitty, (laughs) if it's being printed on an old black and white printing press. And that was Weekly World News. The one that was posted. Mm -hmm. Titanic baby found alive. (laughs) <laughs> it's a picture of a a a, a small a, an infant mm-hmm. uh, in floating in the water in a life preserver alive. Right. Uh, the life preserver says Titanic on it, mm-hmm. and says sailors find infant girl floating in old life preserver. She's dressed in 1912 clothes and crying for her mother. So the idea there being that. Somehow this baby's been floating in the freezing cold Atlantic Ocean for 110 years. It is still and a baby. It has not grown. It's yeah. still a baby. Yeah. yeah. It's probably the 90s, so it's probably like 70 years. But, oh, okay. Uh, well, that's a little more believable. What maniacs did they hire? Like, Yeah. Who uh, even thinks of something like somebody that? Somebody started a business mm-hmm. and hired somebody to write this. And then they printed it, and it got distribution to like everywhere, every single supermarket well, in America. Well, because it was the same uh, company that oh. put out National Enquirer. Yeah, but why did so... they do that? Why didn't they just put out like like nowadays? They'd be like, "Well, now let's pivot to propaganda." Yeah, right? and we'll get everybody all outraged about the I think, immigrants. Or I something. think back then they were just probably just told their the supermarkets that they distributed to, "Hey, we're including a batch of this. Put that out too." And back then, supermarkets, they were like, oh, all right, whatever. What do, what do we care if this makes us look like maniacs selling this thing? I don't know. I don't know if a business wants to look like maniacs, but we're talking about Paul McCartney. So. <laughs> yes. A man himself who has been uh, the, the focus of uh, many a conspiracy theory. Yeah, m- mostly just one. Yeah. Was Paul McCartney in the Beatles? Nobody will ever know. You, that's one he's going to take uh, to him to the grave with him to the grave. Do you like Paul McCartney? Um, I think so. I didn't really like grow up in a Beatles household. Mm, I did. Yeah, we were a Beatles family. 
So I never, uh, like, I never really heard them much as a kid. Um, so I never really got into him too much. I mean, Paul McCartney seems like a nice enough guy. That's the thing. Like, if you don't like Paul McCartney's music, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But he just seems like a like a a nice man. Yeah, and especially I bet he's like somewhat ruthless, though, right? Mm, no, because he didn't make his money like being a ruthless businessman. No, right? he told Michael Jackson he should buy some Beatles songs at auction, and then yeah. Michael Jackson w- turned out to be the ruthless businessman who mm. bought all the songs. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't. Tell him to buy Beatles songs. He was just like, "Ooh, publishing is a is a good investment." Yeah. And Michael Jackson was like, oh, "Your no, song is publishing." He though. told him like, "Hey, our songs are coming out for auction. Like, you should buy one or two. It'd be a good investment." No, come on. He's not stupid. <laughs> he's nice, but he's not stupid. I don't know. Maybe he was getting. You know, maybe he he had the old publishing rights, and probably not. I guess. <laughs> and he he thought he'd make a dime from it. I don't know. But he seems like a nice enough guy. And it, I have to imagine, like, if he was a complete maniac, it would be understandable because only... He hasn't had a normal life yeah, since he was 22 years old. Yeah. And yeah. nobody's had a life like his. And not only is his life not normal, but he has spent the vast majority, you know, uh, three quarters of his life being revered by the majority of the world that's got to fuck with your head he was born in 1942 the beatles came to america what 1962 yeah somewhere no 63 yeah um so he's 21 on all the beatles what's that that's uh ed for his last name Ed sullivan's last name sullivan Sullivan. (laughs) well i'm on a first name basis with him Tom, you do an Ed Sullivan impression so often, and I don't think you've seen more than five only, seconds of footage of the man. I've only seen that clip of him going, uh, ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles. Yeah, you're always referencing. Presumably, that's how he started every, you know, ladies and gentlemen, the Tonight Show, and he came out and he went, ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles, and that just happened to be the night the Beatles were actually there. Oh, he did it every night on yeah. the show? Yeah, that's sad. Well, he was big into um, uh, the uh, what is that the 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 gift? No, the question. The secret. The secret. <laughs> he was he was real you big. You doing okay, Tom? <laughs> he was real big into the secret early on, and he learned if you just keep introducing you the manifest Beatles, it. Yeah. Eventually, the one day the the curtains will open, and the Beatles will be there. Do you? Th- How much stock do you put into the secret? <laughs> Um, I kind of want to try it because like, I do think there's something to be said for like, if you're constantly reminding yourself of yeah, your goals. Yeah. And the, the power of positive thinking. And yeah. I mean, there's also survivor's bias there where like, you know, everybody's heard about Jim Carrey writing a check for a million dollars and then yeah. he can cash it. You don't hear about the hundred thousand schlubs who still have that check in their wallet and in and their wallet is in their pocket and they are six feet under. 
Wow, Tom, you got real heated with that. You got a lot of hands. Well, I'm movement. just saying. Sometimes people don't live to uh, see it, but I, I think there's, there's probably a little something to it. I definitely think there's like weird shit about the universe and weird shit about how consciousness works. That maybe, maybe there's something to it. Maybe sometimes you hit on a cosmic thread, and it happens. Do you, do you think Paul McCartney ever left? a million dollars in his pants. <laughs> and then was like, uh, I uh, can't find it. Yeah, That's I, can't, right. I can't be bothered. Yeah. Yeah, probably. I will say he's not as, you know, we, we just did an episode about billionaires mm-hmm. and like, I do feel like Paul McCartney has left money on the table which is insane to think about. But I think he is the type of person that's like, oh, this is like, I can make so much money just by doing what I love doing. Mm-hmm. That's fine. I'm not going to start, you hey, know. Hey, Tom, if insane... you can do that, guess what? You never have to work a day in your life. It's true. We should do the secret. Let's do the secret. <laughs> okay. We'll make vision boards together. I thought you were going to say we should do something we enjoy doing. Instead mm. of this. I think Schiff sailed on that. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you could start doing Boys, this. Boys, you can't start doing it now. You had to start it back in the cave. Like me and the lads from Liverpool. The cave? The cavern? The club? cavern. We called it the cave. <laughs> this is a great impression. <laughs> so it's because you're Ed Sullivan. A man of a thousand voices. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, live from the cave. The Beatles. Uh, he's born in Liverpool. Have we been? Have you been to Liverpool? I've not been. I don't think you've been. No, we we thought about. <laughs> we thought we were once. No, we th- we, we thought about doing a show there because the first time we did a, a show in London, mm-hmm. these uh, these new lads from Liverpool showed up. Do you remember yeah. that? We uh-huh. were sitting in our dressing room backstage, and uh, these uh, like. 15 year olds from liverpool just walked in yeah we're just like oi we're here now (laughs) and we were both completely nude after the show yeah which is part of the cool down yeah what else what else have you read about paul mccartney that's it he was born in liverpool okay uh were the rest of the lads born in liverpool yeah for the most part (laughs) um he was in the he, he may or may not have been in the beatles yeah. Now he is also uh, he's had other he he had a band called Wings. Right. Okay. So here here's the trajectory. Okay. Let's hear it. The Quarrymen. All right. They became. The They're Beatles. the ones who dug out the cavern in the first place. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And paved the way for the Beatles. Now, Tom. Mm-hmm. I know what you're thinking. Uh, like the bug. B e e t l e s. Right. No. Tom, okay, huh? there's a whole what? new creature, a real creature feature. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's much like a bug, except it's got a nice beat to it. Okay. B-E-A-T-L-E-S. By far the most successful entity in history based on a pun. Yeah. My thing is... A band's name is going to be good if they're good. Yeah, I, I, like Radiohead is the worst name for a band. Yeah, I've done that exercise where I've tried to think. All right, which cool bands, which good bands, have just like awful names, and then which like bad bands have like cool names that they should have given somebody else. 
And you can't because you just associate the name. Yeah, there's no bad band where you're like, oh, but cool name. Yeah. There, you know, Rolling Stones, U2, these are all like stupid names. Yeah. But, hey. You can't argue with the rock. With the rockitude is what I say. Yeah. It's rock and attitude. Yeah. Well, I can't argue with uh, their bank accounts, their bank statements. That's what uh, Bono would say. Look at this. Try and argue with this. Try and argue with my bank statement. Love it. Loving this stuff. (laughs) All right. So after the Beatles. And then right behind him, Mick Jagger. Yeah, I'm trying trying to argue with my bank statement. Wow, they're arguing about their their bank statements. No, they're both trying to get me to argue with their bank statements. What does... uh, what does Robert Plant think about all this? <laughs> Robert Plant's like, yeah. you don't know much about Robert Plant, do you? <laughs> yeah, try and argue with my bank statement, mate. That's good. Yeah. I mean, as Jimmy, far as I know, Jimmy Page comes along. He's like, "Oi, you want to be arguing with a bank statement? Check out this one." It's it's a it's a good thing we could never do another show <laughs> outside of the U.S. I look blacklisted. You're gonna get your ass I've kicked. Done... We're gonna be sitting in the in the, <laughs> in the dressing room. These Liverpool punks are gonna come beat the shit out of you. I've done an English accent on an Irish stage and an Irish accent on an English stage, and it kills. Yeah. But then if I do their own accent, they're they start throwing uh ripe, overly ripe tomatoes at one me. One time, I remember you did an accent, or one of us did an accent on stage. Mm-hmm. It was either. <laughs> It was somewhere in the UK. Yeah. And afterwards, we were out mm-hmm. drinking with the audience, which is a weird <laughs> thing that I don't think we'll ever do again. Yeah, right? it's fun sometimes. And I just remember one guy just being like, I dare you to do the accent again. I dare you with me standing right here to do this <laughs> accent again. I think the two of us were like, how do we get back to our hotel <laughs> without these guys knowing where our hotel is? Yeah. It's like, well, I don't take you up on that dare. Yeah, I already got your ticket money, pal. Tom, after the Beatles, uh, uh, hopefully you're gonna have more ways to insult different fans. Me? Yeah. What do you mean? I'm not insulting anybody. I'm you, telling you're talking stories. about this guy. You're talking about uh, uh, the guy from Liverpool. Phil is his name. I remember. Yeah, he's a nice guy. Because he commented on a photo recently. Yeah. No, I'm not saying he was a bad guy. You I was said just saying he there was, was a bad person. I don't with understand Ill, how he got backstage. Ill intentions. He didn't have ill intentions. He commented on this nice thing on a photo when, of yours. When they apparently. open up the door, you yelled, "He's got a gun." I wouldn't have said that because nobody has a gun over there. Well, and that's why it got such a reaction because they're not used to people. No, everybody's it's like, not huh? like here it's got a what? where you yell, somebody's got a gun, and they're like, yeah, of course he does. This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. 
Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there, and you know what? You can update it with an app, so every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. HeadGum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HeadGum at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Everyone loves Paul McCartney. Mm-hmm. Everyone loves Raymond. <laughs> Damn. You <laughs> Right before the break, you said, all right, I actually have some things to say about Paul McCartney. And that's what you lead with. And then you were just quiet waiting for me. I was waiting for you to respond. Yeah. Okay. Everybody loves Raymond. Uh, my response was silence. You know who doesn't like Raymond that much? Robert. Yeah. His brother? Yeah. Yeah. His wife doesn't really like him either, right? Yeah. I guess they love him. But they don't like him. They don't like him. Yeah. They have to love him. You know, it's really quickly. <sighs> Fascinating thing about Everybody Loves Raymond. Uh-huh. Every episode, there's no B-plot. Hmm. Every episode is just one story, and hmm. usually just like two or three sets at most. Is that uh, why you like it so much? It's easy to follow? I think so. And like, <laughs> you know, you ever watch a show and you're just like, oh, now we're going to the B-plot? Like when, when you really yeah. see the seams? yeah. Or, or, yeah, when you're going to B-plot, this happens more in dramas, and it's just like, oh, I don't give a flying fuck what happens to this yeah. person. And we know this is going to get wrapped up right. eight minutes before the end. Well, sometimes, even if it doesn't get wrapped up, even if it's like, oh, and this plot's going to end with this character getting killed, it's like, cool, I don't like that character. Let's 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 fast forward this. Everybody loves Raymond. You were saying about Paul McCartney. You said he was in The Quarrymen. Yeah. Then he may or may not have been in the Beatles. Right. History. And then soon after that, he died. I read. Now. I have in my notes. I'm pretty sure he's alive to this day. No, he was Turned in the. Turned 79. Yeah, because the Beatles disbanded. And he was still in the Beatles when he died, which is part of why they disbanded. Because they felt very guilty. Because here's what they did to him. He died, and they were like, ah, shit, what are we going to do? We got a good uh, griff going here with the Beatles. John Lennon. What did he say about it, Tom? (laughs) John Lennon said, we've got to get another Paul. (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) No, that's bad. Uh, We've got to get another Paul. We've got to find one. Yeah. Put out out an APB on Paul's. I'll play the drums. (laughs) Well... 
Of course you're going to play the drums, Ringo. You're still going to play the drums. The Tom, mm-hmm. let me tell you something. The ironic thing about the Beatles, Paul was a better drummer than Ringo. I, I've heard that, I think, from you. You and- heard it from John Lennon. One time, <laughs> John Lennon, in front of everybody, this was, I think, when they were like uh, doing their... Uh, their take America by storm or whatever. Yeah. You know, in the, in the like early days. Paul, who I also hate, is better at the drums than Ringo. Well, somebody asked him, it's like, it was like, is Ringo the best drummer in the world? And and John Lennon is shit. <laughs> he's not, he's not a, even the best drummer he, in the band? Yeah, he said he's not even the best drummer <laughs> in the Beatles. Well, come on, a little camaraderie, guys. Well, John Lennon was an asshole. Yeah. Sun seems pretty good, too. <laughs> um,. So he, uh, Paul McCartney sadly passed away in a car crash uh, in 1966, Can somewhere you, around Tom? there. What? Early days of the internet, mm-hmm. like 13, 14 year old Tim, <laughs> got really big into the Paul is dead situation. Really big into the Paul <laughs> situation. There he is again. Boy, Tim, you you just keep lobbing him over the yeah, plate, and I'll keep knocking him out of the park. Um, he. Well, and you weren't even around during the 60s, Tim, or the late 60s. How because, do you know? Because that, uh, well, then you you would have been like that baby in the in the ring. Maybe, Tom. Not aging. I don't want to get into reincarnation here. <laughs> but do you believe in reincarnation? No. I kind of do. Oh. I hope I come back as... A beetle? Ooh. That'd be nice. Well, they're Not... all dead. They're not all dead. Half of them are alive. By the time I die, they'll all be dead. (laughs) Maybe. Hopefully. (laughs) Yeah, who knows? Half the Beatles might outlive you still. uh, Tom, I I shouldn't say things like this because it only jinxes it, but like, there are so many people that I'm going to be so pissed if I don't outlive. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, because there are going to be people that... You know, even if you die an old man, there's going to be an unless you die the world's oldest man, there's going to be other people that you're like, are you kidding me? This old shit's still alive and I'm dying. That's going to be your dying words. Uh, And I'm as petty as you are. uh, Pete Best is still alive, too. Yeah, the best of the Beatles. Yeah. Um, That's a reference to. Their original drummer, Pete Best, putting out an album after he was kicked out of the Beatles and they became huge called Best of the Beatles. Wouldn't you do that? Which, I mean, it's genius. And people thought it was a greatest hits album and it wasn't. It was Pete Best from the Beatles. They must have sued over that, right? Yeah, that that did get pulled, I think. Maybe. Because you can't say, I can't put out an album that says... Tom of Radiohead. I'm not in Radiohead anymore. Well, did you s- spell it with an H? Mm, then I could really be in some yeah, legal trouble. Then, then you're screwed. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he died, and um, uh, people aren't sure what happened next. It was either the uh, I'm sure they put out a casting call for a uh, well, they can't say a casting call for the new Paul. They had to say, oh, we're holding a Paul look-alike contest, Uh uh looky-likey. And uh, this guy, William Campbell, an orphan from Edinburgh, won. It's it's pretty convenient that it was an orphan. Right, because then no other family that's going to be like, hey, that's not... Did you do the thing that that the QAnon people do? Because this is what I did, where you like... 
compare the two <laughs> photos and you're like, the ears are different. Um, I don't know if they even have photos. I think this oh, is there like... Were, no, oh, there, okay. were, there were things. Oh, oh yeah. Of, of right. Of, of uh, real of Paul, Paul and, and then fake Paul. And yeah. fake Paul, yeah. Um, I'm saying there aren't, as far as I know, pictures of, uh, of uh, uh, Billy Campbell of like, look, look at how much this no. guy... There is a picture of Paul, Paul's dead body. Yes, and they included I've seen it that. in the White Album. Can you believe it? Yeah, in the liner notes to the White Album. Well, that's because they were so they're uh, distraught about it. Because so you're probably thinking Billy Campbell, at least from Edinburgh, he's going to have a different accent. Well, the Beatles trained him to impersonate Paul. Mm-hmm. I guess the uh, uh, George, John, and Ringo were like very good instructors to just teach this random orphan exactly how to sound and act like Paul and play the bass just as well. He had George Martin there to help out. That's true. It, does, it doesn't mention. Well, maybe George Martin wasn't in on it. Maybe they were like. We'll try and fool George Martin, and if he's fooled, then we know mm. he's ready. Uh, but there's also a theory that it was a, a man named uh, Billy Shears that uh, MI5 themselves recruited to prevent the public distress that would be caused, the massive distress from uh, the public learning, the the British public learning that now, Paul Tom, had died. Now, Tom, do you know why... The name Billy Shears is significant there. Uh, Billy can be a type of club. Right, or a goat. Or goat. Shears are a type of scissor. So Billy Shears club scissor, and uh, which kind of sounds like uh, a place they would have played early on. Club Scissor. You really don't know anything. You did not we, grow up in we, a Beatles household. We, you know, we started playing at the Cavern, and then we moved on to Club Scissors. And then after that, you know, Ed introduced us by saying, ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles! And Billy Shears. And the rest it? is history. Um. See, the thing about the Paul is dead mm-hmm. situation, the the true thing that happened, yeah. is that the Beatles wanted to rub everybody's nose into it. So they freaking... They leaned in. They leaned in, baby. They put the name Billy Shears in the first track off of freaking Sergeant Pepper. Ah. They, they introduced... Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. This is where it doesn't make sense, Tom. Yeah. This is why I think it's who's the original guy? Uh William Campbell. So the the beginning of Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band. Mm-hmm. Uh it's a, do you know the premise of this concept album? Yeah, that they're pretending you know, they're being another band. Yeah, so at the beginning they're we're Sergeant Pepper yeah. and then they're like And you're like, No, you're not. You're the Beatles, the you fuck? liars. You're the Beatles. I bought the re- it's, it's Oh, now I've got to bring this back to the store. This I asked a, for the new Beatles this album. This is a regular Best of the Beatles situation. <laughs> yeah. So First I bought Best of the Beatles at the store and, and it had nothing to do with the Beatles. Yeah. Then I buy this album. I'm ready to, to throw a brick through this record store's window. Um, 
they uh at the end of that song and they mm. go like ladies and gentlemen billy shears right ah. and they introduce him mm-hmm. and then it's a ringo song he's singing right. with a little help from my friends yeah. that's not a paul song if it was a paul song then i'd be like ah, they're introducing right. the new paul but they're introducing the new ringo ringo died and was replaced with billy shears now but they didn't even get a look alike he just wore ringo's skin <laughs> oh man yeah uh, that's almost impossible to believe, but I believe it. I grew up in a Beatles household, Tom. <laughs> I, I, I learned this. They, Peace and love. I do shoes. think, I mean, the, the ultimate thing with every conspiracy theory, almost every conspiracy theory falls apart when you step back and go, okay, who, who benefits this, you know? What what does somebody gain by by perpetuating this conspiracy theory? And with this, the beginning makes a lot of sense. Like, oh shit, we just started making truckloads of money, and now one of the one of the dudes died. Like we, one of the main ones. Yeah, too. and even if we replace them, it's just not going to be the same. People are going to be upset. You know, we're not going to be. We're going to have to mourn for a bit, so we're not going to be able to get back out there right away. That part makes a lot of sense. But then the idea uh, that, oh, and from then on, they laid extensive clues about this. It's because uh, they were distraught, Tom. But that's not what distraught people do. A distraught, if they did this, the band would come out and go, you know what? We're, we feel too guilty. Everybody, th- this isn't Paul. That's how they processed their guilt. That was the only way they were allowed to, Tom. <sighs> I don't buy it. So what that's were not some how of the other clues? If I people who have died in my life, I don't leave clues about them dying to well, process the guilt. Well, you've never covered guilt. up a, a death. Well, that's what you think. Hmm. And we'll leave it at that. What about when you play that one thing backwards and it goes, "Paul is dead, man. Miss him. Miss him." Yeah. Why would Why would they say that? Well, it says cranberry sauce. It says, "Paul is dead, man. Miss him. Miss him." Look. Have you, you heard? Have you yeah, heard? I it? know, and I've told you to stop listening to records backwards. Remember when uh, in high school we got mm-hmm. to vote on like the prom song and the junior prom song? Yeah, yeah. And before things would get approved to be played at the prom, they you had play. to submit a tape of the song, the lyric sheet. And a tape of the song played backwards. I I did not have to submit anything like that. You did when you rigged uh, the junior prom song to be February Stars by the Foo Fighters. Uh, I I didn't have to include it backwards. They trusted me. I think Tim. Mm. I was on the inside as part of the deep state of the uh, school government, <laughs> the student government. Um, well, so some of the other clues. Um, one of the big ones is that on the Abbey Road record, well, everybody knows, or at least I knew that it's like, oh, he's not wearing shoes and he's walking out of step and it's supposed to be like, oh, Lennon's dressed all in white. He's He's an angel. No, then one of them is, I think maybe Ringo's in the back dressed all in black and it's like, oh, he's the priest. And then George is like just wearing like jeans and a denim shirt. It's like, oh, he's the grave digger. Okay, you got one of them right. And, and Paul is the dead body. Right. I guess people don't get buried in their shoes. That makes sense. I mean, does it make sense? Then why bury him in clothes at all? 
Well, if it's an open casket, you don't want to see a they nude just put dead a man. shirt. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't put pants on them. Hmm. Um, I'd like a fully nude open <laughs> casket. <laughs> and open the top and the bottom. <laughs> the, uh, uh, sir, I, I knew that one at least, but I didn't know that people also point to... There's a uh, uh, white Volkswagen Beetle in the background, and it has the license plate LMW eighteen or twenty eight IF, and it he was, would have been twenty eight. Yeah, if, if 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 he had still been alive, and LMW stands for uh, either Linda McCartney weeps or Linda McCartney widow. Hmm. It seems like. A tall order to get a license plate made for the background. Yeah, because they would they would have to you know get other people in on it, or else they'd be like Ringo, pop down to the DMV and get us a license plate that somehow leads people to know that Paul is dead. And like, all right, and that's had, Ringo. Yeah, and he had to go stand in line while while Paul was recording all the drum parts. <laughs> Lads, I got it. I got the license plate. Lads, I got the license plate. <laughs> Put it on the beetle. Peace and love. Put it on the beetle, and it's like us, the Beatles. You know what makes Paul McCartney cool? What's that? He released a live album called Paul is Live. Yeah. That's cool. Is it cool? I mean, if he, or if that is a fake Paul, is that just like a brazen just shoving in everyone's face? Here's my thing with the Paul is Dead thing. Mm-hmm. When did they say he he died? 66, but that the theory started in 69, 67, but by 69 it had it like invaded uh uh like college campuses were going crazy about this. Right. So if they say he died in 66, mm-hmm. he did McCartney he did like first of all Sgt. Pepper's Magical yeah. Mystery Tour um Abbey Road mm-hmm. but like a, a, like the new Paul did a bunch of <laughs> did a bunch of really good. Maybe stuff. the new Paul is better than the old Paul. Like yeah. he's like, oh well, the new Paul didn't write "Love Me Do." All right, yeah. like did, the, but new Paul made fucking Ram. Yeah, I'd rather yeah. listen to Ram than "Love Me Do." Yeah. New Paul's better than the old Paul. Well, and then that's also given. Let's a lot of... celebrate the death of Paul McCartney <laughs> in 1966. Well, and that's also given a lot of credits to the uh, credit to the rest of the Beatles if they were able to take some uh, uh, Edinburgh orphan <laughs> and within like the course of I don't know a couple of months get them uh, up to speed with not only how to sound and act like Paul McCartney but how to write even better songs. Yeah. Did you also know that in 1969, there was a TV special? Guess who hosted it? You'll never guess about about this. Paul McCartney did not host it. <laughs> Tim, uh, it was hosted by celebrity lawyer F. Lee Bailey. In, where, in 1969, it was uh, aired on Channel 9 in New York. Like, it was just like a local... W-O-R? New- yeah, just a local New York broadcast. Um, they got, like, the at least one of the guys who was, like, you know, came up with one of these theories. And uh, apparently, right before they started uh, recording, the guy told F. Lee Bailey that the article was a joke. <laughs> 
and, like as he was like walking to the set. Yeah. Like, and Effley Bailey apparently sighed and replied, "Well, we have an hour of television to do. You're gonna have to go along with this." This is a this is a a prototype of the alien autopsy itself. Exactly, because Effley Bailey like cross examined him on the stand, and it's like, well, he's not saying he he's Paul McCartney. He's the new Paul McCartney. He killed the old one. He's just saying I think it was a different guy. So I don't understand how you could really cross examine. And if you're gonna cross examine, what do you do if the guy's like, yeah, I don't know, maybe <laughs> you're not. What are you going to figure out? Effley Bailey. Lawyers are weird in general, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's a weird job to have. Right. It's like a guy that you hire to, like, push people around and, like, say things that they you know shouldn't say. True. Or, like, you shouldn't say in polite society. Right. Right? Like, mm-hmm. it's just like, look, I'm just trying to think of uh, all the various scenarios here. It's yeah. It's like. Well, and this kind of attitude is why we were both disbarred, Tim. <laughs> Tom, I would be proud to be disbarred. Wow. Yeah, but I decided to take the quicker route and never get barred in the first place. <laughs> but you are barred from uh, the courtroom. Oh, certain co- courtrooms, yeah. yeah. I make too much noise, Tom. I'm if, loud. I'm too emotional. If you, you can... All right, you can represent yourself in court. Mm-hmm. If the judge allows it. Sometimes they don't allow it. But usually they go, I'll allow it. Sometimes. Um, I guess it's probably the same answer then. Like, can you get a non-lawyer to represent you if the judge allows it, I guess? But yeah, they would I never, don't, I don't ever allow it. That's just that. making their job way harder. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to have to, like, teach a guy how to act like a lawyer. What if you got a really nice judge? Are there nice judges? Maybe. What about uh, the, the the guy from My Cousin Vinny, uh, Herman Munster? He, was he wasn't nice. nice. By the end, he was nice. Yeah, but that's somebody had to set him straight. Yeah, but what if you get the next case after that? Yeah. That, and you're like, I want to have my friend Tim represent me. And he's like, well, you know what? I didn't think this guy, Cousin Vinny, would be so good. But I I learned a lesson. So I'll I'll allow it. That's the movie I want to see. Yeah, the sequel the to next... My, My Cousin Vinny 2, and it only has Herman Munster Yeah, in it, it doesn't have Vinny. They couldn't get Joe Pesci. <laughs> no, uh, they couldn't get uh, What's-Her-Name-Back. Marissa or Tomei. Marissa Tomei or uh, Danny from The Karate Kid. His name is Ralph Macchio. I would like to see an origin story of Herman Munster... <laughs> Not Herman Munster on the Munsters. <laughs> well, I would like to see that too. Tim, that's how Frankenstein. The, how did the Munsters happen? They met at the Monster Mash. Ah, didn't hear it was a graveyard smash. Mm-hmm. All right, Paul McCartney does. Do you know of the other uh, clues that they put in? I know. In uh, by the way, Tom, this is just a. Paul is dead episode. This yeah, is not well, a Paul McCartney episode. No, I, we're, we're you, changing. We're calling about, an audible 50 minutes into the how episode. How can you talk about Paul McCartney and not talk about the fact that he's obviously dead? Uh, I mean, this man wrote Wonderful Christmas Time uh, in Temporary Secretary. Do you know that song? No. Temporary Secretary. It's, it's the most obnoxious, <laughs> annoying song you've ever heard. And it was like, was it oh, like Beatle made this. Was it like his secretary called out that day and normally he bounced ideas off of her? So he had to be like, oh, I can't. I'll just write a song about this temp secretary. Maybe, Tom. 
you're gonna love this song. <laughs> uh, I also read that in uh, the song Glass Onion, which I do like that song. Uh, he says, uh, uh, John sings, here's another clue for you. For all of you. For Paul- you all. The war was, the walrus was Paul. Yes. You yeah. got it. Yeah. And which, you know, and everybody knows walruses are extinct. They're dead. Um, walruses? Well, how else would we know that Paul's dead from that? How would we not just know that he's not, you know, making fun of his buck teeth or something? Do you know the other, uh, the line in A Day in the Life, he blew his mind out in a car? No. That was Paul. Uh, um, I know in uh, the uh, the track Revolution 9, when it's played backwards, says, turn me on, dead man. Yeah. Turn me on, dead man. Yeah. And what is the, the, the Beatles were all... They were turned on by each other. Up yeah. By by the idea of Paul being dead. Yeah. Wow. Did you see it's the truly picture? Truly sick band. Did you see the picture that they put in the in the liner notes of the White Album? No, I was I wasn't allowed to buy the White Album. Uh, it, it was Paul dead in a bathtub, right after the accident. But that's not how he died. No, they brought him to the bathtub to clean him up. Yeah, hold on. Let me. Wait, the Beatles did this. Yeah. Again, I don't think the Beatles at this point in their career were doing this much uh, dirty work. Is is you know the kind of the beginning and the end of it for me. Yeah. This is. These are all the wrong photos. And in Strawberry Fields Forever, uh, John Lennon says, "I buried Paul." Yeah. That's the one. That's cranberry sauce. He yeah. said it's cranberry sauce. Which, what does that even mean? Yeah, come I on. I mean, I guess what does strawberry... Which, well, what does Paul is dead mean? It means Paul's dead. Read between the lines. Tom, I, I'm I'm looking up this bathtub photo for you. Okay. Oh, here it is. This looks like something out of Alien Autopsy. See? Yeah. He's dead. Why, yeah. why else would they put this in a mass-produced <laughs> pop music album? Yeah, I don't know. He wasn't dead. But the idea, I wonder if the idea that Paul is dead has has died in recent years because it's like, well, if he had died, something would have happened by now. We would have found this out. Um, or if, like you were alluding to, people are just like, eh, I don't know, the new Paul's pretty good, so who cares? I mean, does it matter who's, like, the thing that, Annoyed me, Tom, mm-hmm. at the time. This is a timely reference. <laughs> Millie Vanilli. <laughs> Who cares if the guys on the cover were the guys making the music? Well, well think, you enjoy the music, right? I think it was the fact that they lied about it. Who cared? The Beatles people, were lying about it. And, and it wasn't just that Millie Vanilli were on the covers. It's that they were dancing in the video, and everybody liked the way they danced and looked. Yeah, cool. I bet they were better than uh, than the other uh, one the, of the men. One of the actual voices, singers, mm-hmm. uh, singers uh, passed away today or yesterday. Oh, t- really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I think he, I think now one of the fake ones died. Oh yeah, he, he yeah. I mean, in the nineties. Yeah, yeah. That was a uh, a tragic situation. Yeah. Not that this man's death is, but um, this man was sixty six. Wow, see, he must have been, he was pretty young, because uh, what was that, 30 years? No, 40? No. 
30. Oh, I was thinking he was old. And I was like, they had a 66-year-old man saying, girl, you know it's true. But I guess it was... He was 66. No, he no, died. No, he's 66 <laughs> oh, now. Okay, yeah. So I guess that was 32 years yeah, ago. Yeah, so he was like in his 30s. And it was probably just, you know, a case of like, all right, we nobody wants to see a man in their 30s dancing around. No. Maybe he couldn't even dance. I don't understand why after they found out Millie Vanilli were fake... That they weren't just like, and here's the real Millie Vanilli, and now they've got a career. Yeah. I guess because, regardless, Millie Vanilli was going to be a one-hit wonder. Blame it on the rain. Yeah. Girl, you know it's true. That's two hits, Tom. Oh, just you're right. your theory. Yeah. No, they never were a one-hit wonder. They were two hits. Yeah. Two, those are good songs, too. Those are good songs, yeah. and I don't care who sang them. Yeah. I don't even care who wrote them. It could have been old Paul McCartney for all yeah, I, I can. just download them off Napster for free. <laughs> uh, do, do you have anything else about uh, Paul McCartney being dead now that you've declared that that's what the episode's I mean, actually it's about? all that we've talked about. All right. Well, maybe we could squeeze in a few facts about the new Paul I mean, McCartney. The man has had a, a long and storied career. When I'm a, He's had a long and winding road. I'm, I'm surprised that you... Uh, that you plucked that. <laughs> um, it, I, the reason why I don't buy the Paul is a dead thing mm-hmm. is that like these British bands or yeah. any of these pop groups in the mm-hmm. 60s, they'd be like, they would just like replace him and be like, oh, there's a new guy now. Paul died. <laughs> like, yeah. we don't care. Like, we're, oh, the, hey, girls. Yeah, and they'd, like, here's the new mop top. Yeah, they, we'd be like, oh, they'd be like, oh, cool. We can sell new posters of a new guy now. Yeah, I don't think at that point it would have hurt, especially by that point. I feel like, you know, I guess like diehard fans, you know, who are the people that they were worried about upsetting. They knew a lot about each of them, but you know, the beginning of their career, uh, well, I guess by this point they had differentiated themselves, but I'm just thinking about when they were on Ed Sullivan and they all, you know, were same haircut, same dress. That's like, yeah, one of them dies, just replace him with another one. Yeah. Um, that's what they did with Beatlemania. Yeah. And it would have been harder later in life. You know, once they had started differentiating themselves, to then be like, all right, this guy's dead, but here's the new guy. I'd be like, well, no, I like the other guy. I like his songs and his voice. Yeah, but like, if he's dead, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. Nothing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that freaking Capitol Records couldn't cure death. Right. But here's a new guy. Well, and all it would have taken were the surviving Beatles going on, you know, Ed Sullivan again and saying. <laughs> Enough about Ed Sullivan. <laughs> Tom, don't do it again. I'm sure they were welcome back any time. That was a ratings bonanza for Ed Sullivan. I know. So they could have just come back on and been like, we know that you're all you're all very upset that Paul died, but if you don't buy a new album, we'll be upset. And then, you know, all the, all the screaming teenage girls would just go out and buy the new album. Yeah. Do you know this guy... Uh... O'Shea? <laughs> O'Shea? No, I don't know this guy, O'Shea. There was a guy, uh, I don't know. It's one of those, it's one of those, it's, it's some of that lore 
where it's like there was a guy that was on the Ed Sullivan show after the Beatles that like that same night. That, oh, like, oh, and it ruined his whole life or something. Well, that's silly. Why would it ruin his life? I don't remember. Like the Beatles were already huge. That's why it was a big deal that they were on Ed Sullivan. I mean, maybe it was just like the girls were still they they all were still screaming or they they ran out of there because they all had Beatlemania. Have you seen stick around for him? Yeah, they were. I mean, they were insane. Um, no, it's just like he didn't get it, or maybe it was the guy that was on before the Beatles, and everybody yeah. fast forwarded. They DVR'd it and fast forwarded <laughs> to the Beatles. I don't think that's true. Did you ever see the film uh, "I Want to Hold Your Hand"? Uh, I've seen clips of it. I've never seen the whole film. It's by your favorite director, who? Robbie Bobby Z. Bob Zemeckis. Yeah. Okay. It's about the Beatles playing on the Ed Sullivan show. It it's sounds nice. like it would be about that. It's a good, on, it's, it's a good movie, the, Tom. Did they license any of the songs? They licensed so many of the songs. Okay. And they got a really good Ed Sullivan impersonator <laughs> um, that I think you can maybe take some tips from. You know, I watched something recently that had a uh, Johnny Carson impersonator. And in the beginning, I didn't like it. Oh, I think it was... Um, no... I don't know what the hell it was. In the beginning, I thought the guy was real bad, but by the end, I was like, he was all right. (laughs) We should have led the show with that observation. If you like the show, find out more at tcgte.com. You can uh, friend us on Facebook. Can you do that? I'm not going to do all those plugs anymore. Why not? I don't know. It's a lot to say. Yeah, well, I was doing them. (laughs) But you don't even know them. Friend us on Facebook. (laughs) Facebook.com slash The only thing you need guide. to know is Patreon.com slash Complete Guide. We're can, done with the plugs where forever? You can, find, you can find all the things that we're going to plug on TCGCE.com. Oh, I see. Now, Patreon, come, come on, be a patron. <laughs> <laughs> We'd be really sad if you didn't become a patron of ours. I don't, I don't know who that's supposed to be. That's John Lennon upset. That Paul McCartney's died, and he thinks his career is over, so he's imploring all of their fans to still buy their albums. Is it Sean Lennon upset about the Black Lives Matter movement? Oh, was he? I don't know. He's saying some stuff. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Well, there is one thing you can say you can't take away from Sean Lennon, and that is that man has struck out on his own and uh, not ridden his father's coattails. Patreon. Just get new glasses, man. Just get new, new fucking glasses. If you got new glasses, people might not know. We know what you're doing, man. Just get new glasses. It's uh, fine. I I would do the same thing, but come on. Do you remember we know somebody that told us once he was at a party that he was at and uh, apparently spent the night like hanging out under a portrait of his father? Oh, no. <laughs> Just so people would be like, ah. I mean, I would do that. <laughs> No, you wouldn't. I would. You don't. You don't like attention in the first place. I would if I was John Lennon's son. I'd have it in my jeans. Patreon.com slash complete guy. Books of podcasts this week. Part three of 1984. Uh, I'm reading it. Tim's listening to it. Tom, we have some really fun things coming up on the Patreon. Yes. Look, Books the Podcast is great, and I think the next book we should do is The Secret, and we should do it together, <laughs> and we should actually- And we should make it happen? Yeah, we, right. should, we should perform we'll The Secret. Okay. Um, and then uh, we're going to get, Tim and Tom get high mm-hmm. soon. Yes. And then uh, Tim and Tom go to Dave and Buster's. <laughs> It's going to be a uh, uh, talk about ratings bonanza. Yeah. 
We don't get ratings on there. We just get money. Yeah. Your money, hopefully. <laughs> Patreon.com slash complete guide. Tim, uh, do you have any plan? Do you want to see Paul McCartney? Have you seen Paul McCartney live? I have not seen Paul McCartney live, and I would like to, although. Before he gets into another car accident? <laughs> yeah. My thing with Paul McCartney. <laughs> I mean, if you got into a car accident now, and then like 50 years from now, Paul McCartney's still touring, then I'd be like, hey, I think they <laughs> they switched out Paul at some point because there's no way he's 130 years old. He might. He's a vegan, Tom. He might it's live true. to 130. Yeah. But then why did he write that song about being 64? That would have been middle-aged to him. Um. Oh, man, I had so much. I have, I have a lot to talk about. Uh, Paul McCartney being alive. Okay. I don't see why we're dwelling on the negative. Um, I would like to see Paul McCartney, although I don't like um, when they do like, oh, there's a song with a horn section and we're going to have like a real cheap synthesizer play mm. those horn lines. When I saw... Uh, well, he doesn't have the money to spare, Tim. I know, exactly. When I saw Stevie Wonder <laughs> and do... And those tickets are very cheap, so you get what you pay for. When I saw Stevie Wonder do Songs in the Key of Life, mm-hmm. he had a string section and a horn yeah. section and like backup singer. And it was like, oh, this is great. This sounds better than the record. Right. Uh, it didn't sound better than the record, but it was nice. Um and like Paul McCartney is just like, yeah, I got <laughs> me and three other guys, <laughs> and like one of them just I've plays a synthesizer. Keyboard. I've from... got this keyboard here that I can just put put the songs in once, and you press a button, <laughs> and it just plays. That's the thing. All those dudes, <laughs> they got they got like in the eighties. Oh, they were like, yeah. finally, really into drum machines. Yeah, and shit. finally, yeah. we don't have to do this stuff for ourselves. And like, it's like, oh, if you had this stuff in the sixties, you never would have made good records, <laughs> right? Temporary yeah. secretary is pretty good, though, Tom. Uh, yeah. And then they invented electric guitars, and Bob Dylan was like, what's this? Oh, I got to try it. It's great. And I'm just happy to see Bob Dylan finally get his due this week. He got his due? Yeah. How so? Turned 80, and people were posting that they liked him. On the good internet. for him. Yeah. Finally, somebody's uh, recognizing Bob Dylan. Have you seen Bob Dylan live? I haven't. I went with your girlfriend at the time. You didn't want to go. To see Bob Dylan? Yeah. (laughs) I wasn't aware of this. Yeah, no. What happened was I bought two tickets to Bob Dylan, and Mm. I was like, I'll be able to unload the other ticket. Mm. Nobody wanted it. I asked you, and you were like, no. I think your girlfriend at the time was like, uh, felt bad for me, and she's like, I'll go with you. And we had we went and had an awful time because Bob Dylan was <laughs> terrible, and like neither of us wanted to be the one to say like, yeah. let's just go back and hang out with our friends. They're all at Matchless <laughs> together. Yeah, nobody nobody wanted to be the one to, to admit he shouldn't have gone electric. We were we were screaming Judas. All right, we'll see you next week. That was a HeadGum Podcast.